Welcome to the Speaking Light into Abortion podcast, where I talk about all the reasons it's possible for you to thrive after your abortion. I'm your host, Amanda Kingsley, and two years after my own abortion, I certified as a life coach so I could serve women after abortion in all the ways they've been deserving and lacking for centuries. Consider this your launchpad for finding strength and community in yourselves and in each other. Hey friend, book update. If you're new to the podcast, I published a book about a week and a half ago. Very exciting. Um, It's a collection of work I've been sending out in various ways over the last year. And it's something I plan on doing for the next 10 years, which is wild. Um, Because what I published is essentially in my mind volume one with nine more volumes to go. So, so fun. Getting the feedback has been amazing. Um, I even used my own book last week. Uh, Here in the U.S., we had like a nationwide TikTok scare um, for some school violence, which was so much to be said there, but I'm not going to say it. Uh, (laughs) I'm not going to use this time for that, except to say... I had this low-level anxiety all day. I did decide to send my kids to school. Um, Had they opposed, you know, I would have been fine with them staying home, but they were okay and I was okay. Um, But I had this low-level anxiety and I thought, you know what, maybe there's some wisdom in my book I could use to cope with this anxiety I'm feeling. And I keep telling people that the book is so valuable whether you've had an abortion or not and I thought well this is a great time to test that (laughs) and I opened up the book to a random page Um, I posted about it on Facebook and Instagram you can go see I'll even link to that Um, and it was just so healing I just had to I just had to let my brain stretch a little and swap out the specifics of abortion for what was happening with the school threat and I felt totally comforted by my own words and it shifted my energy and uh, helped me keep moving in my day. So this book is really so good. So, so good. I know some of you have it and are already enjoying it. If you don't have it yet, I don't know what you're waiting for. It's totally amazing. You can go to Amazon right now and search my name, Amanda Kingsley. You'll find the book, What I Wish, 100 Love Notes to Help You Survive, Thrive. No, Survive, Come Alive, and Thrive After Abortion. Um, it'll also be available soon, uh, for purchase by bookstores and book distributors. So that's exciting. You can request it soon at your local, even library. Um, so I'll be working on that next, getting the word out to a further reach. So that's my intro for today. Um, I'm excited to share today's episode with you. But I, of course, wanted to give you a book update because it is the most exciting thing in my life right now. (laughs) Um, Yeah, go buy your copy. It's amazing. And if you're not in my Facebook launch group, I'm actually giving away a $50 gift card and maybe it'll be yours. Uh, Until the next podcast and um, maybe we'll meet somewhere in in the interwebs between. Have a great 
holiday for those of you who celebrate Christmas and enjoy today's episode. It'll be particularly helpful for those of you who have teenagers or remember um, your teen years in a way that you're still wanting to heal. So please tune in, follow Morgan, especially if you're on TikTok. She's amazing and enjoy. Let me know what you think. Okay, you ready? Ready. I'm really excited because I think I say that at the beginning of every episode, but mm-hmm. I have never had a repeat guest. Oh, how fun. This is so exciting. <laughs> <laughs> um, Morgan and I have known each other for a while and it's so fun. I, I, we'll listen to our other episode before I publish this one, but like, I just know how much we have grown and evolved and how much more value we have to give the world. And like, just so good. Like, I can't wait to talk with you today. So thank you for being here. Um, as with everybody, even though you've introduced yourself on the podcast for in a, before in a different way, like, who are you today? What do you have to offer this podcast today? What are you coming as like, say hello. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, hello. Um, Oh my gosh. I I can just imagine like where I was, was it two or two years ago? I don't even know, but I I don't know. A secret. I don't listen to any of my old episodes because I'm terrified. I'll want to like delete them and I'll be like, that cannot be in the world anymore. Must hit delete. And I really don't want to do that. Cause I also love, I love how much we change. Like that's, that's what we mm-hmm. do. We help people grow and change. So I don't want to delete those, but I am afraid to listen to them. <laughs> so I don't even, yeah, it was two years ago because you were one of my first guests. You might've even been my first guest. And I launched the podcast two years ago last month. So like last month as in two weeks ago. So yeah, it was two years ago. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm going to be brave and go listen to it. I am too. (laughs) Be brave together. We'll be brave together. We should do, maybe we should do an episode where we listen to it together and then we pause and we talk about it. (laughs) It could be fun. (laughs) All right. But let's talk about who you are today, what you do in the world today. And, um, and then we'll, we'll dive in. Yeah. Um, So through all the growth from, you know, who I was two years ago to now, I obviously have embodied that more and have taken it into my coaching and my business. And so now I'm a coach for teens and young women. Um, And we get to talk about all the like really fun, juicy things, which is just my favorite. So it's like, we talk about sex and dating, relationships, self-love. Yeah, Yeah. super fun. Yeah. So good. Um, I have two teens and so Morgan has had some in and out interactions with my teens and as she's grown, I've got to be like, oh, this is what's happening with the teens. Like, can you speak to this? Can you talk about this? And she gets to be like, hey, you have a teen, tell me about this. And so Mm -hmm. it's been a lot of fun, but I think for this episode today, it's just a really important conversation for us to have, like, how do we incorporate 
when we're talking to teenagers about life and sex and relationships and, you know, everything, (laughs) how, how do we, or do we not include abortion as a part of the conversation? Like if we talk to our kids about teen and, or about sex and birth control, and we don't talk about abortion, like, what is that saying? What does that mean for them? And if we do talk to them about abortion, like, how do we do it? So I think it's so important and under talked about, like, what do we do? How do we talk about abortion with teenagers, with young adults in a way that serves them and is not terrifying for us? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Where yeah, so, yeah, I think, you know, having it as something that's like super taboo and like no one talks about, or you kind of only hear based on like what's happening in the news, right? Um, and other people's opinions rather than the opinions from, you know, the people who are raising you. I think it's really important to be having that conversation. Like, one thing I think about a lot is how many of us as teenagers participated in some kind of debate about abortion you know when you're Mm -hmm. in like high school and there's a debate and the debate is pro-life or pro-choice like so many of us participate in that or watch that or and now when I look back I'm like oh my god those debates are missing the mark so much like Mm -hmm. they're just about idea these abstract ideas mostly the teenagers in the debate are just regurgitating what they've learned from their parents. They're completely detached from the like actual stories that create abortion. Most of them probably have never even had sex or like (laughs) faced a pregnancy. Um, If you were talking to a teenager about sex and the reality of possible pregnancy, like how, where would you put it in the conversation? Yeah, um, I think that making it very personal is important rather than having it like, is it right? Is it wrong? Yeah. Because I can remember, I think I probably did have one of those debates back when I was in high school. Oh, I totally. Yeah. And it's just like, it becomes like this big moral thing of like what you should do rather than actually thinking about it personally. Like if I was in that situation, what would I do and why? Yeah. Yeah. How does the teenage brain even wrap their head around that? Like teenagers don't think the way we think. (laughs) (laughs) Like if there's a teen listening to this, how do they incorporate, how do they embody abortion as a realistic and um, like, it's not really probable is not the right word, but like as a totally acceptable outcome to a pregnancy, Mm -hmm. right? Like this is one of the outcomes of a pregnancy. There's baby, <laughs> or there's not baby like that. Sometimes baby, like there's miscarriage, there's abortion, and there's birth. Like those are like the outcomes. Yeah. 
So how do you have that conversation with a teenager? <laughs> yeah. So I guess thinking about it, a lot of the conversation that I have in the first place is about prevention, mm -hmm. right? So like not preventing the pregnancy before it even happens. Um, and I think when, when we're talking about prevention, a lot of the time it, it does come up between, you know, a young woman and her partner and the partner is like, yeah, like if we get pregnant, we'll just have an abortion. And a lot of times from what I've heard, the people that I've talked to is like, that seems like a fine option for her. Um, but I think that what she might not be thinking about is right. Like all the emotions and like the actual yes. impact that yes. it has for her. <laughs> yeah. This, because yeah. there's the one side that's like my body, my choice. If I get pregnant, I'll just have an abortion. But like, it's missing so much of the conversation, which is like, yeah, it is totally a viable pregnancy outcome. It's absolutely not wrong to choose, but like, we need to be realistic about it. Just like we're realistic about what it means to have sex for the first time or what it means to have multiple partners. Like, those are all just things, but they come with lots of complicated emotions. <laughs> yeah, so many. Yeah. How yeah. do you normalize that for teenagers? Like all these complex feelings. Mm. Talking about it, just yeah. talking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Having the conversation because you know that they're having the feelings, yep. um, but they're feeling like, like maybe I shouldn't be having the feelings. Right. And they're having them alone. Yeah. And some young women and teens talk to their friends about it, but not like super openly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they're afraid of being judged. Do you find teens mostly open and willing to, in a safe space, like with you, to, to talk about their feelings and identify their feelings? Or are their brains like, like developmentally, what, what is that like? Like, are they resistant or are they open once they have yeah. a safe container to do it? Yeah. Um, so I think a lot of the times the language is maybe lacking a little bit, like they don't know how to fully express what it is that they're feeling. Um, but they're very willing and able to discuss what it is that they're thinking about, um, mm. which is kind of similar to what they're feeling, but they just can't verbalize the name of the emotion. Yeah. Um, but as far as like being willing to talk about it, I think they totally are. Um, and I have a lot of these conversations, like I'm always so blown away by the young women on my TikTok. Um, mm. And just because I think for them, it does feel pretty anonymous. Like a lot of them have like these secret accounts that like none of their friends know about. Yeah, so yeah. they'll comment as like this anonymous person and really talk about like what it is they're feeling or thinking about or worried about. How can we as adults in the world, I mean, obviously you're doing it in your coaching work, but how do we as adults in the world create more spaces I'm hesitating as I talk because I'm like, do we even want to do that? But I'll finish the question and then decide. Mm -hmm. Like, do we want a world where teenagers need fake accounts to like be real? 
Mm. Is that maybe just okay? Maybe that's not a problem that teenagers have fake accounts or is it a problem? Can we create a world where they don't need fake accounts to like be human? (laughs) Yeah, it's an interesting question. I think, I think it's kind of like how, even though I will, I'm like pretty open and honest with my partner, there's still things that I'll only tell like my journal. Mm. And so maybe it's not a problem. Yeah. I think that there's some things that, especially as you're going through it, um, when it still feels like really vulnerable and raw and there might be like shame or other, you know, really sensitive emotions with it, then when you're really in it, it can feel hard to talk about. And so you want to have that little bit of privacy. Yeah. Like as a parent to teenagers, the first reaction is like, oh my God, that's terrible that they have all these secret accounts. That's so (laughs) scary. Mm -hmm. But like, I think that's what my brain was sort of pondering was maybe that's not terrible. Maybe Mm -hmm. it's not scary. Maybe it is no different than having a journal that you yeah that you drop your deepest thoughts and feelings into yeah I don't know that I still have an answer to this question but I think it's it's definitely interesting to think about yeah I think it's kind of beautiful right that they're like creating this privacy for themselves yeah 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 um how do you how do we talk to teenagers about abortion in the way that most adults don't know how to talk about abortion, which is like, well, what am I aborting? Is it a baby? Is it a ball of, is it a glob of cells? Is it the potential of a baby? Mm -hmm. Like those, those are like big life questions that most adults don't know how to answer how do we talk to teens about that? Yeah, I guess I'd say like whatever the word is that resonates most, that like feels best and most comfortable, like give her permission. Like let them lead the way. Yeah. Let them think about it in whatever way that they want to think about it. Yeah. Yeah. Which is just how we parent kids at all (laughs) and each other is like, let let people have their own language and as a listener and maybe a helper or a supporter, like honor that language, be curious about that language. Um, let it be like, I mean, curiosity is like the best thing, right? (laughs) Especially with teenagers. Yeah. (laughs) Okay how, what's the way for teens, young, mostly women, right? Like young people who are getting pregnant Mm -hmm. and the obligation or not to tell a partner that they've become pregnant and are making this choice about what to do. Okay. That's a huge layer of this conversation (laughs) to me, right? Like if it was my teenager, I would be like, 
your body, your choice. Like, I don't care if you tell the partner that they don't really have a say, but at the same time, I'm like, they are also a human. They also participated in an activity that has consequences. Like, where's that line? Yeah. I guess it's the same thing of like, of course, the teenager gets to decide. The woman who's pregnant gets to decide if she wants to tell them or not. And there is no right or wrong with it. Um, I guess I definitely lean on the side of like, you get to make your decision yourself. Yeah. Yeah. That is so not what teenagers are trained to do. Oh yeah, absolutely <laughs> not. <laughs> they ask everyone's opinion. Yeah. Yeah. How do you help teenagers know what it is they want without someone telling them? Yeah, I find actually that they know what they want. So often they come to the conversation like, I don't know what to do. You do, you know, (laughs) you know what you want. You know what you want to do. You're just looking for permission. So I think Mm. it's more being the space to give her that permission when she can't give it to herself. Um, and then also teaching her how to support herself afterwards. Yeah. Ooh, that's huge. Because that for me is like everything about abortion is have your own back. How do you have your own back after no matter what? Yep. And so giving her those tools to have her own back, no matter what, take care of herself, have love and compassion for herself whatever comes up after mm-hmm. mm. shoot I just I like had a question that I was gonna write down because I don't plan any of this stuff like <laughs> I had a question I was gonna write down and now I I totally forgot what it was yeah oh, as far as your question about- oh did you remember no okay <laughs> go ahead um yeah so you know I think part of the reason why I would say like make your decision. Yeah. You can involve your partner if you want is part of the emotional impact that it has on the woman who's pregnant versus the impact that it has on the person who got her pregnant. Yeah. So huge. Right. Like when we scan out to the big picture, I actually recorded an episode yesterday with somebody who that was the exact conversation that wasn't being had is like, scan way out the big picture as you're making your decision because it's not just about this moment and this choice it's about so much more and for a young woman or any person with a pregnancy like it's so much bigger this is the rest of your life like there's no turning back when you step into delivering a child like Mm -hmm. even if you were to give that child up for adoption, like the brilliant Supreme Court justice talked about yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) I say jokingly, (laughs) that's a, that's a big lifelong consequence in a way that it's not for the sperm donor. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Sperm donor, whatever (laughs) that means. I remembered the question. Okay. Okay. So how do we Um, the internet is both amazing and scary. Mm -hmm. How do we 
incorporate into our sex education, our raising of young people, um, finding good slash safe resources. Like if I'm a teenager, I'm scared to tell my parents, I'm scared to ask my friends, I don't want anyone to know, whatever it is. And I go to the internet, all hell could break loose in a matter <laughs> of like one Google search. So yeah. this is just a general thing for us all, but especially teenagers, like how do we use our brains to be finding safe resources? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I can remember some specific things I Googled when I was younger right? and the answers, <laughs> they definitely impacted me and changed some of the decisions that I made yeah. like not for the better. Yeah. Um, I'd say notice how it feels in your body when you are reading whatever the advice is. And if it feels, you know, of course it's gonna feel a little bit uncomfortable, but if it feels comforting and like advice that feels good for you and like you like the response, then I'd say follow that. Mm. And of course, check other sources too right? Like don't just trust the first person that you read. Yeah. I mean, when I think about you, I think about like, I think about a, a lot of lovely things, <laughs> but one of the things is like your ability to tap into and listen to your body is so strong. Um, and I think that's really good advice for anyone searching the internet, not just the young people listening or the parents of young people listening, but like being able to hear what your body's telling you is so, so important. If you're listening now or raising young people now, how can you practice like cultivating that so that in a time of, I'm going to use the word crisis, even though I know not for everyone, a pregnancy is a crisis, but like in a time of like panic, fear, adrenaline, whatever all the things are, like, how do you practice now when you're not in that situation so that when you are, you mm -hmm. have a better chance of being able to listen to your body? And you're asking this to, for the parents you're saying for anyone, for anyone, like, how do we practice? Like you, you said, mm -hmm. note when you find the resource, notice how it feels in your body. Yeah. How do we practice noticing how anything feels in our body? Yeah. Um, so I think it's about noticing the sensations that are happening. Um, so when I was younger, a lot of people will get like physical ailments, especially if you're not like in tune with your emotions. So I would get nauseous a lot. Like that was mm. my telltale, but I didn't know it at the time. I didn't know that my body was telling me something, but like I would be nauseous, like huh. a good portion of the time, but it was definitely, you know, related to certain emotions I was feeling. And so, you know, notice things like that. See if there's patterns with like nausea or headaches or fatigue. Um, uh, 
pay attention to like your jaw and your breath and like any clenching and tightening you might do. That's a sign that, you know, something's a little bit off. Yeah. I feel like, I don't know if it's the right word, but like what I wrote down is like common doesn't mean normal, right? Like if I'm nauseous all the time, that's just like my typical, but that doesn't mean that's normal or healthy or right. Like maybe normal is not the right word, but like, yeah. right. just because it's happening all the time doesn't mean it's okay. <laughs> like yeah. I can investigate all those feelings. I actually had a, um, yesterday, um, a coach posted a question that was like, I don't know, it was probably something simple. Like, remember your, your body has the answers. And I, tend to stay very in my head, in my words, in my journaling. I'm pretty good at listening to my body, but I was like, you know what? I'm just going to like actually close my eyes and stay still and be like, what does my body have to tell me? Um, and I asked a question and then I was so surprised by the sensation I felt like, and it was familiar, but I couldn't sort of like when I asked you earlier, how are teens at like talking about feelings? <laughs> mm -hmm. I hadn't, it was so familiar, but I had no idea how to explain it or like what mm -hmm. it was. And, I, and at first I like kind of panicked a little, like I should know, yeah. like, wait, I'm having this feeling. I should know what it is. And I was like, just stay with it. Just keep listening. Let it keep moving and changing. And it kind of like, took over and was like this blanket almost on my back and I waited and the answer to my question was have your own back and I was like oh of course it was <laughs> of course that's what my body yeah. was telling me but it was a cool moment of like my brain was telling me that too but it was so validating to hear it from my body Mm -hmm. And I was at first, it freaked me out. I was like, what is this? This is so weird. And then I was like, mm -hmm. oh, this is my body's way of saying, have your own back. Yeah. And I just had to be brave enough to like stay with it and not be afraid of what I was feeling. Yeah. When something, you know, teens and young adults ask a lot on my TikTok is they're actually struggling with like a lot of pain during sex mm -hmm. and like, maybe it not even like working really. Um, and I find that this too is like their body's way of saying like something's a little off here. Yeah. 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 Which you don't want to, like if you, if you're a teenager and you, again, I don't know if it's the right words, but like build up the courage to have sex with somebody you care about or you want to, or not even just like, whatever you decide you want to have sex mm -hmm. and then your body is like no no you actually don't want to have sex that can be really hard to face to be like oh I thought I wanted it but my body is clearly saying no my body is yeah. like dry and tight and not interested mm -hmm. I thought I was ready and so just like for me I would just imagine like allowing all of those things to be true like I did think I was ready in my mind and now my body says I'm not go back to curiosity. Like, what do I want to do now? Like, what's my yeah. next move? 
Yeah. Like, what am I ready for? Yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting. Noticing that in, in teenagers, do you have, um, I know as a parent, I felt like I was always walking the line of like talking about sex as normal and healthy and should create pleasure, but then also like having that maternal, like, I don't want it to be so normal that like I'm introducing bad habits or like, I don't, I, I don't even have the words. Right. But it was like this fine line of like, sex is not a big deal. It's part of being human and it's normal to desire it and <laughs> honor yourself. Be like, don't just throw yourself around to like, listen to yourself. So yeah, I think that's a, like a fine line that you might have wisdom on that I still haven't. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I think, you know, teaching her to listen to her desire. Yeah. Big thing. Uh, And letting her desire lead the way. And if she does that and she's doing it for the reason that she wants to, then, you know, there's never really a problem there. I think the problem is like when they're doing it for the reason of the other person or to try yes. and get something or manipulate an outcome. Yes. So it's really a different conversation. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Okay, that's definitely how I've navigated it. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> Morgan, know. tell me if I did it right. <laughs> A plus. <laughs> Are we ever doing it right? <laughs> oh, I actually was just on with a different client and she was having a lot of fear about like, messing up her daughter I'm like just you're it's just gonna happen like just count on it like you're guaranteed to fuck up your kids in one way or another even with the best intentions so fall back on love Mm -hmm. (laughs) fall back on curiosity it's not gonna be the easiest conversation to talk about sex and pregnancy outcomes and abortion with your kids but like it's still important even though it's maybe not something that comes easy for you yeah is there anything that you want to say to a young person listening or a caregiver of a young person listening oh wait (laughs) this is the one I really actually want you to say and then and then whatever's left on your mind but okay A question I have is for the listeners who maybe did have an abortion or multiple abortions when they were young, like very young adults or teenagers, and could benefit from some healing work of like going back to that version of themselves as who they are now at 30 or 40 or 60. And like, having some compassion and some tenderness for that version of them who went through some big stuff. Yeah, I think that sounds like looking at why you made the decision that you did, what happened, what led to it, and with that space of curiosity. Um, And then just being like really gentle with yourself about that. 
I think that's one of the other things I love about you is that like capacity to be gentle with yourself. Yeah. Um, and that it's okay to go back to that version of you. If you're listening now, many years after an abortion as a teenager or young adult, like you can still go back and heal that part of yourself. Like it's not over, it's not done. It can be healed and Mm -hmm. nurtured and held space for in a way that you didn't get when you needed it. Yeah. um, I'm not that far from, I guess, high school. (laughs) (laughs) I, I did some of that work with decisions that I made in high school. Um, yeah, it was, it was super powerful to be the version I am now looking back at those decisions, why I did what I did and like what I was looking for. Um, and really understanding that reason because it was never, you know, for a bad reason. Yeah. Right. You were just doing what was best for you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I knew I was going to want to, I was going to want to address that. Um, then my question is, is there anything lingering left unsaid or that you think some listener might need to hear? I guess just to include the conversation more to talk about it as a potential outcome when you're talking to your daughter about pregnancy and preventing pregnancy also include like, okay, say you do get pregnant, then what? Yeah. 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 And just, it, yeah, being real about it. Being real about it. And what I heard when you were talking to is like, it's not a one-time conversation. Nope. One time's better than no times. Yeah. But these are conversations that we have to keep finding places to have, like keep looking for opportunities to remind our kids that like, we're here, we don't have it all figured out, but there's lots of ways to look at things or like whatever it is. Um, Just because you talk to your kids about abortion as a pregnancy outcome once doesn't mean game over. Like those are conversations that keep evolving over time. Yeah. And she evolves over time too. And so the way she receives something, you know, at 14 is different than at 17. Definitely. Or even the way she receives something before she's been in a relationship where she was interested in Mm -hmm. sex and the way she receives it after, or the way she receives it in a relationship with somebody versus after the breakup. Like, so like, we're all growing and changing all the time. And so those conversations are going to be growing and changing all the time. Mm -hmm. Cool. Well, how can people find you if they want to learn more? Um, I recommend everyone go find Morgan's uh, social media, particularly her TikTok, because she just creates the most fun, inspirational (laughs) stuff. Where do people find you? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah, definitely. So Facebook, I create more stuff for parents and adults, caregivers. Um, and then TikTok, most of my stuff is directed towards teens and young adults. And obviously parents can benefit from that too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And is it just Morgan Ronaldo? Yeah, it's just my name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, cool. We'll link everything up, but definitely go find and follow Morgan. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. And as always, please consider sharing, rating, and reviewing this podcast. It helps me reach a wider audience and invites more people to thrive after abortion. If you're someone who chose abortion and find yourself struggling, hiding, or wishing you could move beyond your experience, head over to my website and book a free call. We'll talk about how you can start living the life you made your choice for.